Hey, Real Ghost Stories Online family, Harper and myself are inviting you to join us for a live experience coming up on January 26th at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to look inside some of the scariest stories we have ever told. It's going to be a night of heart-stopping stories. Woo! I know I'm not going to sleep. Join us for the stories and discussion. To get tickets for this exclusive live event, go to moment.co slash ghost stories. That's moment.co slash ghost stories or find the link in this episode description. And we'll see you on January 26th. Get tickets for the show and upgrade if you want to special meet and greet opportunities and after show discussion. Moment.co slash ghost stories. Get your tickets now for this worldwide digital experience inside the scariest stories with Harper and myself of Real Ghost Stories Online. Don't be late. If you follow true crime, be sure to follow True Crime Today wherever you download podcasts. There we cover everything in the world of true crime, like major stories such as Chad and Lori Daybell or Alex Murdoch, to smaller, lesser-known hometown stories that make a major impact on their communities. We take a deep look at the people, places, and psychology in real time that all come together to create these stories. Search True Crime Today wherever you get your podcasts and press subscribe. Today on a haunting episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that is sure to be more shocking and disturbing than the time McDonald's tried to sell us pizza. When a young girl's elderly mentor passes on to the other side, what is it that allows him to return with a final few lessons? That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi, welcome. Thanks for finding us. Yes, it is Real Ghost Stories Online. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. And if you'd like to get the program commercial-free, get advanced episodes of the show, get the archive, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, get EPP bonus episodes, and all of it without commercials. So not to be an extra podcast person. You can do it through Apple Podcasts right now and even try it for three days free. Check it out there. If you're not an Apple Podcast, you can do Patreon, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or directly through our website, ghostpodcast.com. Com. Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Can I go back to what Robert Stack just said? Yeah, yeah. Because did McDonald's have pizzas? Yes, McDonald's had pizzas. Like, when was that? Uh, give me one moment and I will answer that question for you. In fact, I I'll even... I go to I'll McDonald's. Even, I'm vegetarian, so... Uh, this was like a 80s, 90s thing. Um... They do still do it at Orlando at the world's largest McDonald's. They still make it there. Shut up. Adam the Woo, I saw, did a uh, a video on it. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find, uh, here, McDonald's pizza commercial. Here we go. 93. There are some things parents will never hear. Mom, would it be okay if I went to bed early tonight? Things that would be too good to be true. Would anyone mind if I vacuum the stairs? 
Luckily, some things are good and true, like the McDonald's family-sized pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Mother and cheese and pepperoni for only $5.99 or two for $10. Every day. Mom, I don't deserve it. Family-sized pepperoni pizza. It's a parent's dream come true. And it looks like it's shit. So it looks like it looks like cardboard <laughs> with cheese. Well, family size for ten dollars. Well, no, you get two for ten. It was a family size for five ninety nine. <laughs> At uh, well, keep in mind, this two for ten. This was nineteen ninety three, but um, no, they uh, they were trying to do pizza. And it, um, surprising to say, did not work out. It was not a, uh, it was not a hit. But, when, uh, when did that happen again? 92, 93. But there are some countries that I believe still have it. And the, the Orlando uh, world's largest McDonald's, just kind of an interesting cornucopia of stuff where they have a lot of items that are no longer on the menu whatsoever anywhere. Kind of like was I just like not McDonald's. paying attention during that time in my life? Or I don't know. Not like what? 92, I 93. I think I was busy focusing on uh, fourth or fifth grade. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, uh, adorable. I wasn't quite into the McDonald's so pizza. Young. The horror that was the McDonald's pizza. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first story. It says... Uh, my daughter recently told me about your podcast, and uh, she had sent in a story that had your already extensive collection. I really enjoy hearing about other people's experiences with the afterlife. It can be interesting at times, but creepy more often than not. Please let me share one of my own experiences. So years ago, my mother was married to R.G., who we will call my second stepfather. He was a good guy, yet very strict. He was what I attribute most to my manly traits to today. I'm sure my kids would agree. He was also the only male role model in my life that I respected outside of my grandfather. He inspired me later in life to join the Marine Corps. However, my focus here is not on RG. It would be of his father, Carl. Carl was a quiet, fairly pleasant man. I wasn't particularly close to either RG's mom or dad, yet I still enjoyed tagging along whenever RG went to their home. Sometimes we go as a family for the holidays, and sometimes he and I would just go together by ourselves for short visits. Carl and his acquaintance, Ray, owned a few liquor stores that you may have heard of. It was the 905 Liquor Stores chain. I'm not sure if they owned all of them or just a few. I was pretty young at that time, so some of the details escaped me. The stores went on to uh, close sometime. Uh, the stores, rather, went on to close sometime back in the 1980s. Carl's basement was nothing short of impressive. He had a pool table, refrigerator, stove, fully stocked bar, complete with beer taps for kegs, beer signs, coasters, you name it. It was the ultimate man cave. It even smelled of stale cigarettes and beer, just like a typical bar would. I spent many a holiday festivity in that basement as a child. However, by today's standards, this may not be the ideal environment to expose a kid to. <laughs> I remember my uncle's basement was the same thing, and I have some of the most fond holiday memories there to this day. Continuing on, but to me, it was quite a wonderful experience. Years later, though, Carl got sick. Carl was a heavy smoker, and as fate would have it, he developed lung cancer. Oh, and he was a trooper about it, made jokes, even pulled out his own hair after having received chemo treatments. That's a little weird to see, but whatever. Carl passed away in about 80 or 81. I was about 12 years old then. I remember falling asleep in the funeral parlor where Carl was laid out. I woke up to find myself in there all alone with him in about... 10,000 fucking roses. To this day, I can't stand the smell of them. 
few days later after the funeral, we were at RG's mom and dad's house. RG was there to help his mother sort out a few things. I'd asked if I could go downstairs to play a few games of pool. And of course, the answer was yes. I was down there alone, yet I couldn't help but feel as if I weren't. My back was to the bar. I could hear sounds behind me as I lined myself up to take a shot. I heard the sounds of pilfering, like someone was preparing to take out the trash. Carl always sat in the corner behind his bar, underneath his prized Budweiser sign. Suddenly, I heard sound of the phone ringing upstairs. It rang very loudly. That was quite odd because I remember the phone always rang very softly. I could hear the sound of shouting, then crying, then followed by footfalls running down the hallway. It was RG screaming into the phone, Who the hell is this, you sick bastard? Apparently, the call was from Carl, telling his wife Helen that he was okay, that he wasn't in pain anymore, and that he was the big attention getter. RG called me to come upstairs and told me that we were leaving. I finished up my game and started turning off all the lights. Earlier in the story, I mentioned the basement smelling of stale cigarettes. As I was turning off the lights, I thought I could smell the faint smell of a freshly lit cigarette. I reached the top of the stairs, turned off the last light, and my suspicion was confirmed. I heard the distinct sound of Carl's Zippo lighter closing and his familiar wheezy exhale. I can't confirm or deny, but I'm pretty sure I heard the very distant-sounded words of, See you later. RG and my mother split up shortly after this time. Never got to revisit that basement ever again. There's my story. Hope you found it as enjoyable to read as I did to write it. I have quite a few more stories to tell, but for now, let's just stick with this one. Thoughts on that? That's interesting. And so tell me if it's just me or I'm sure this has happened to you too. There's something about cigarette smoke Mm -hmm. that I've smelled a lot my dad smoked, so it kind of reminds me of my dad. But you and I both worked at a radio station. Mm-hmm. And did you ever smell it there? No. Because there were times it was like I just walked up on somebody smoking a cigarette and there was no, like I'm the only one. So it's Saturday afternoon. I'm the only one in the building. And that happened to me all the time. I did not, but I think you, I mean, you were there longer than I was and earlier than I was. So I'm almost thinking, you know, if someone wanted to show themselves, it would be far more, or make a presence to be far more towards you than it would be me because they didn't know me. But it's just weird that I've smelled it there. I've even smelled it in my house that I live in now. That is not haunted. It's this amazing little house. I will um, say, go ahead. I I, I do have one one thing about the radio station. But, um... Cigarette smoke is something I've smelled a lot. And there's nobody around me smoking. I would spell Steve Campbell around after he died. Oh, yeah. Steve was a a good guy. He worked on one of our other stations and he passed away. Uh, And he he smelled like stale cigarette smoke is what he smelled Mm -hmm. like. And And and, and that's a very distinctive smell. Yeah. I I would smell that around sometimes. And it honestly, it kind of took me a while to really even realize it because... He was there all the time, and suddenly he just wasn't. So half the time you're just thinking, oh, well, Steve must have been in here earlier until you realize, oh, he's been gone for a long time. Uh, And no one else really seems to have that scent that follows them around in that way. But I I don't know. When I was listening to that story, I was just thinking about, like, all those times I've also smelled that kind of smell. And it's very distinctive, especially, like, here in the lighter and... You know, just different things like 
I don't know. Yeah, on the different types of, of cigars or, or, or smoke, uh, it, it, from cigar to cigarette to pipe, they're all very distinctly different. And there's a fresh version of it, meaning it's just lit. There's a smell to yes. that. And there's a stale yes. version of it, meaning it's just, you know, it's ashed out and it's been sitting for a while. Uh, and the, the distinct fresh is very distinct. I did have that once at an antique store there in Wichita by one booth. Walked over by it, didn't smell anything, walked by it again. It was cherry tobacco, clearly, very from a pipe. And I, I'm like, was anybody smoking in here recently? They're like, no, it, it, they, there's nothing on their cameras or anything. Because it's illegal. Yeah, you can't yeah. smoke a pipe and in you, here. And you would see it. You'd see the smoke rising. It was really actually very close to the counter. So, I mean, it would have been caught. And they said, oh, you're smelling the, the pipe? Yeah. Like, people have said that. They think it's it was either one of the tables that was in there or it was the rug. And it wasn't that the smell was in the rug or the table. It's that that's what they were attributing it to because they eventually asked whoever was doing the selling in that booth. You know, <laughs> some people are saying, what do you got? Oh, well, this belonged to so-and-so. And he, he smoked a lot of that. But you go smell the item. Item doesn't smell of anything. See, there's something about smoke. And I, I just think maybe that's some kind of like an, an easy way for people. I don't know. It seems like it would be all sense would be like that. Like I should smell Old Spice more mm -hmm. because my dad wore Old Spice. And but there's something about cigarette smoke. And like happened to me recently. I'm just walking somewhere where there's no smoke. Mm -hmm. And it's like, boom. It's like so strong. I, how, I don't know. How many know. grandkids are going to get in so much trouble when their grandparents who smoked a lot of weed visit them? And then mom walks in like, oh, my God, are you smoking weed in here? It's like, no, grandpa's visiting me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I don't smoke weed, grandma. It's grandpa. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, that is his smell. <laughs> he really liked that sticky, icky, icky. <laughs> I don't grandma wink wink yeah and then like the and they're here you used to like think of like creepy old music playing and in the background on this it's like Snoop Dogg is playing <laughs> he's playing his favorite song through the radio Snoop Dogg a dog. <laughs> it, it's it's the way of the future I'm telling you uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi, let's hear your ghost story. Hey, Tony, this is Amanda from West Virginia. Um, I just called a minute ago, but it cut me off a little too soon. So I, I don't know if I was talking too long, but I'll try to speed it up this time. Um, so I had called before about um, two months ago about some things that ha happened to me when I was a child. Um, and uh, so today I wanted to call about um, something that happened to me about eight years ago. Um, I was working at an antique store um, and it was an antique store that my mom and her friend had opened up maybe a year before. And so, um, and at the time I had just had my second daughter. So I, or my, sorry, not my, my fourth child, my, my first daughter. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I was, um, staying, uh, stay at home mom at the time. 
And then when they opened the antique store, they asked me if I'd want to do uh, work there for them, uh, you know, part time throughout the day while they were working. And I agreed. So, and I also had a booth there. Well, um, so what they did was had um, vendors would come in, rent the space, and bring in their own items to sell. Um, so when you walked into the building, which um, was on a road called Market Street. It's not there anymore, but it was on a road called Market Street in Parkersburg. The street's there, but not the store. Um, and uh, it, Market Street was, it's a one-way street um, for the main part of it. Uh, on one side, there's old Victorian houses, beautiful homes. And on the other end, it's a bunch of, lined with a bunch of old buildings. And, um, the buildings, the bottom parts of them, most of them have um, renovated into little cafes and, and little stores and businesses, restaurants. And so my mom and her friend had opened up an antique store in one of the buildings. And so the bottom part was all they used. They used, they, there was access to an upstairs area, but it was um, just used for storage and stuff. Um, but um, so in this particular building, it had two big storefront windows, and in the middle they had double doors going in. And the right when you walk in, the main area is really big and open, and and then there was a wall in the center, but it didn't go all the way at the ceiling. It um, was just like a regular sized wall, and you could see over it. But um, there was a doorway in the middle, and you'd walk through there, and there were more rooms back there, and then there were steps up to a mezzanine, and then also there were steps down to a basement. But we didn't use the basement um, for the sailing, the cells, um, or anything like that, just for storage as well, which I hated going into because that place was creepy. But so this one day I was working at the antique store, and like I said, we had vendors who would rent their little booths and bring in their own items, and there was one particular booth, um, a man would bring his things in and he had amazing items he had really um, rare um, antiques and um, kind of expensive things and he was he would just kind of throw them in his booth he wouldn't really um, know how to set it up to display them for people to see better so um, one day I decided that I was going to clean it up for him and just because obviously it's better sales for us as well um, so I took about four or five hours to do it, but um, I would pull everything out of the cabinets and, and dust everything down and put them in there correctly, you know, nicely where people could um, see them better. Well, and so how they had the um, main room set up was they had, um, like I said, it was big open space. And then in the very center of this one room, they had the register area and it was built up on a platform and it was kind of a U shape. And, um, like I said, it was in the center of the room. So I was kind of to the right of that area in the back part against that first wall, that low low wall, um, low wall that's in the middle, middle there. Um, so anyway, I'm working in his booth, cleaning away, listening to some music, um, just over on, on Sirius Radio, on over um, a radio that every, anybody can hear. And I was there by myself. I didn't have any customers. And... At one point, I had to go into the register area. So I come out of that man's booth. And at the time, I'm kind of looking down at my feet as I'm walking out of his booth. And I turn to the right. And right when I turn to the right, I look ahead of me. And I see a woman. 
and it's her side profile, and I can still see her right now in my mind's eye, and I've got goosebumps all over me. Um, she had gray hair, and it was back in a bun, pulled back in a bun, and she had this really pretty blue dress on. It was kind of like a mix between, in between a royal blue and a sky blue. It was a really pretty blue dress, and it almost kind of looked like silky material, um, but it was like kind of it was it fit her nice up on top and it had like a little belt around her waist and then it would flow from the waist down and hit mid calf and then she had a little pair of black heels on or like little low low pumps um and i as i see her and um i keep walking and step up into the register area and then i stop and i'm like and i look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, and there was nobody there, obviously. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I just saw a woman. And at first, I was kind of like, is there somebody in here? And I didn't know it. So I walk down out of the register area to the left to the booth on that side. And where's that lady was, come, like, walking? The direction she was walking uh, was from my left uh, to my right. Um, ahead of me and she was walking into one of the other booths and so the where she was at there would be no way for her to get out of that area there was no access to the other side of the wall um, or anywhere so I walk over to the booth and I start looking through all of them and I don't see anything and I was just stunned because my whole life I thought, you know, believing in the paranormal like I do, I'm bound to see something. And I always thought that if I ever saw a ghost or an apparition or whatever, that I would be terrified. But there was actually like a calming feeling or a happy feeling that overcame me I wasn't scared at all um the only thing I thought at first was like okay maybe some I, I but in my head I was like no there's no way it was somebody because it was like I saw her and instantly in a snap of a finger she was gone and um it, it was just so cool and I remember I can see her in my mind's eye right now you know, eight years later, I can see her exactly the way I saw her that day, and I will never forget it. And it was just, like I said, it was really cool to experience that. Um, and, I mean, so anyway, I wanted to call and tell you about that. Um, and I, I do have other um, one other story from that place that wasn't so happy. And then um, I did, uh, I do have um, a couple stories from when I lived in Wyoming and Cheyenne, and um, I will call in another time with those. Thanks again. And I hope you guys enjoy the story. I hope to hear it one day and um, you all take care. Have a Merry Christmas. Bye. Thank you for sharing uh, that experience with us. I'd like the dogs in the background too. I uh, do too. Thoughts on that? I think it's, um, I think it's very interesting because we always think of if you see something like that, it's got to be terrifying. And I think there are spirits that you could encounter that are okay. You know, it's like 
they don't have that bad energy. It's like people, you know, you'll meet an actual person who's got really bad energy and you pick up on that. Sure. And, and I think, you know, this was somebody who had some really great ass energy about them. And it was like, not scary. Yeah. Now, I don't know that I could be like that without being scared. Because like, whoa, did that just happen? But in the moment mm-hmm. of when it's happening, you don't really realize what's happening until you're like, oh, shit, it just disappeared in front of my eyes. Yeah. And then it's like, I see what happened. Yeah. And and maybe it wouldn't be scary. But I think it's just like people, I think there are really pleasant spirits out there. Yeah. You know, because you go into a house or something. Like I always tell my niece at her house, I'm like, because I was recently staying with her and her girlfriend, I'm like, this house has really great energy. Mm-hmm. And it's a newer house. Until you go to the clown room. Like, and I didn't go in there. Um, But you know what I mean? You just, some places you go into have really, like you feel good. I don't sleep well anywhere. And I slept well at her house. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't know. I think that you could see something like that, that would be, you know, a pleasant, a pleasant energy. Yeah. It's ghosts that pick you up and make you feel good all throughout your work day with a better variety of haunting feelings to linger through the valley from the 80s, 90s, and today. <laughs> Excuse me, I wasn't ready for that. That was really <laughs> funny. Oh, thank you. A soft mix from the other side that just... <laughs> a fresher mix. Fresher mix for your work day. For uh, ghosts. Uh, 855-853-4802. <laughs> It's our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. I actually heard a radio station the other day still using the, from the 80s, 90s, and today. And I'm just like, you, wow. do, you do realize, like, when you changed it from, like, 70s, 80s, and today, that at some point, the 80s, 90s, and today, you have two other decades in there now that you're just kind of, like, just brushing over. We don't play that. <laughs> We're still stuck in 94 and you listen to the station and it really literally sounds like it's and stuck we in really don't have the money to update this shit. So exactly. just deal with it. It's like 80s, 90s and today. It would be like a station <laughs> in the 90s saying with hits from the 50s, 60s and today. Today. <laughs> like, huh? It's, I think, what about the 70s and 80s? Like, like you're going like what, straight what out of like, going like big bopper into Michael Jackson or what the fuck are we doing? Here? <laughs> um, Good times. Let's go to another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, this is Kathy from New Jersey. You were talking about hospitals and hospice. I'm a home health aide. And uh, just because, uh, and you know, just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. I had one lady in a nursing home who I would walk in one day. The nurses had put on a radio. I'd come in and take care of her. And as I'm doing so, I hear the radio station wheeling back and forth and back and forth. My response was, oh, if, you know, I just said, this used to be your room. It's now A's room. And I don't care that you're here, but please do not interfere with my caring for her. The radio went back to its normal station and never happened again. Um, I had a lady who was uh, at home and had dementia 
and would stare in the corners and occasionally talk to people who weren't there. Which is fine, as I said, just because I don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And then we're sitting on the couch, and there was a rocking chair on the other side of the room, which suddenly starts rocking by itself. I have um, I had another client at home, and she was only she lived alone, and I go into the basement to do the laundry, and I see this shadow kind of shoot by. I said, fine. It was her house. Why not? Probably he was probably this thing was probably there longer than I am. And I just simply told her I'm here to take care of her, and um, I will not interfere with you if you don't interfere with me. Almost worked. I got upstairs and was digging in the pantry that day, and um, I kept making, and as I was digging, something kept going, like, making me think I saw something move. Now, I'm terrified of rodents. So my first thought that I was looking at mice darting about, and I told whoever it was, if they do that again, I would leave, and the lady would not have any help. Everything stopped. But every time I went into the basement, I was well aware that it was they do me no harm. And I don't know why people are afraid of them. They're, you know, there are other things. What else? I mean, these are just things that you happen to come across. Um, no, nursing homes are never really empty. And uh, old houses are never empty either. I, I had another woman who lived in a 100-year-old house. Well, not 100 years old. It was like an 80-year-old house, excuse me. And the gentleman who built it died. And then they got the house later. I was taking care of her father. And his room was in an addition to the house. And I, in order to take care of him, I had taken his wheelchair put it aside because it was an incline from the far side of the room to his bed. Deliberately put it off to the side so it would not go down the incline. And I turn around and the wheelchair is behind me because, and it turns out the, the ghost was named Bob. They didn't want to tell me about it because they thought I'd run for the hills. And stuff started happening, a little stuff. And one day I was talking to my client and I told him, you know, it looks like we have an incorporeal visitor today. And indeed, and then uh, one of the people overheard me and they started telling me all about Bob. So I was cool with it. Once I realized he was there, didn't give me any trouble. Tried to scare me a couple of times, didn't work. Stopped trying. Nothing to be afraid of. They truly meant you harm. They would have done something, and they can't. They're helpless. If they see that you're caring for the people around them or or in that room, they usually don't care that you're there. It's going to have fun sometimes. So that's it. Anyway, nursing homes and things like that are never really empty. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I I think that that's a location that probably is... No matter what you do, no matter what you turn that into, if it ceases to become a nursing home, you're never really going to quite get everybody out of there. Oh, I 100% agree with that. And I also think, I do want to add, 
I think what she does is amazing. That home health aid, going into people's homes and taking care of them, that is such an important job. And what she does is wonderful. And I would also think that you would run into so many weird things like that. I'd like to meet a home. Al- I'd like to meet a home health aide that, uh, or someone who works in hospice that doesn't believe in ghosts. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to find that if you're out there, I'd love to hear from you. I'm just curious. And, and and have you ever had experiences that you've kind of written off as something else or some sort of a a logical explanation? I would, you know, and and right now I'm working in hospice and. Um, I've never had that conversation with people. Mm-hmm. You should start. And, <laughs> yeah. In your last I mean, couple of weeks there, just start asking people questions about it. Cause death. I'm getting ready to start a new yeah. job. Yeah. But um, no, I think it's just cause you're so close. Cause and, and she's home health aid, you know, she didn't say hospice, but you know, most people yeah. who are on home health, aid, you know, home health services, um, they could be. Yeah, I'm just kind of speaking in general. It's not necessarily that they are. Sure. But um, but I do think that's a very interesting place to to be when it it's been very eye opening for me to be around people who are so close to mm-hmm. death. Now I don't have to deal with a lot of them directly like mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. But you know, it's just it's um. I would, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of experiences. Then you're going into a home and like what she said, which I really appreciated, it was, I'm here to help this person. Mm-hmm. So just let me help them yeah. basically. And, and I'd so, be like, don't be effing with me. And if I was here to help this person, <laughs> if I was the ghost and I had figured out a way to manipulate the radio and somebody's complaining about it, I'd be like, bitch, I'm dead. And I'm moving this radio. I'm going to do whatever I want right now. <laughs> Like I love classic rock. <laughs> like if I'm dead, I'm I'm like, oh my god! I figured out how to move this radio. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be the most polite uh, person that's going to be like, oh okay, you don't like that station, okay? That would well, be so well, you. But, you but would guess be like, what? Shit! I figured it out. But yes. guess what? I'm alive. I'm dead, and you're alive. So it's a lot more amazing the fact that I'm turning this, and I'm dead, and you're alive. So no, <laughs> I'm going to listen to what I want. Excuse me while I mess with you. Yeah, I think that'd be my attitude. It's like, excuse me? Do you know who I am? I'm dead. You're not. (laughs) Pull the I'm dead card. I do want to add, though, I think that, you know, just because you're around someone who's dying doesn't mean it's going to be a paranormal experience or anything like that. No, I think it could be a really beautiful, eye-opening experience. And I think that what... Home health aides and hospice nurses do is so, I don't know, I'm getting a little emotional, but it's just so, the impact they make on the patient and their families and that mm-hmm. caring and that love and that, you know, it's just amazing. What do there you- are very few people who can do that. No, I know and the people who do. It's the hats off. There's a lot of, you know, when, when people pass, it's, you know, the families getting together uh, sometimes a uh, clergy will come in and, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of that. What do you do if you have someone who's near death? That's like part of a satanic cult and, I don't know. And, and they're in, uh, and they're in hospice and they're like, 
Uh, did you paint the doors blood and the door frame and goat blood? Um, and we'd like to do, he'd like to do a sacrifice over here on the radiator, if that's possible. Just one more. It's just last was just one more sacrifice. I mean, what, seriously, what, I mean, I don't know what you do when you're in a satanic cult. I'd imagine close to the end, you're probably like, you know, hail Satan, here I come or, or something. Because, you know, they offer chaplain service, but they don't offer that. Yeah. At a hospice. That would be an interesting request. That almost be something. <laughs> if I was in that that position, because I like to fuck with people, and I'll, I will do it as long as I'm conscious and can uh, pull it off, uh, I would I would almost <laughs> ask will. for that. They'd be like, you know, would you like? Uh, is there a, a certain religion or something you are? Or, like, um, I'd like a satanic priest to come in, uh, and we need uh, seven elk skins and uh, also the blood of a fresh pig. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, I'm telling you. Like, no, I'm that kidding. Is not, that is not so far off from some of the stuff I've heard. Really? Like, oh, not that anybody's done that, but it's more the really outrageous family dynamics. Mm -hmm. And like, you like to think when people are dying that it's in peace. And it's not always like, that. no. And it's pretty like, that's when the crazy show up. And these people who just don't get it, like, dad wants to die in peace. Well, over my dead body, dad's going to die in peace. Yeah, it's like... It's crazy. My, it is yeah, crazy. My narcissism's going to overrule his dying wishes. Right. <laughs> is the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like... It's just, it is really... It's very interesting. Has there ever been, like, armed security in front of a door where it's like, keep my daughter-in-law out or something like that? Actually, yes. I'm not surprised. Yes. And it's like, um, I have heard of situations where people, here are the list of people who cannot have access to anything about this person or mm -hmm. to see this person. Like, it's a list. And, or sometimes it's one child. Yeah. Like, this child cannot have if this child calls, do not give them any information. But how do you how do you clear who comes in and out? Is it do you like have to check IDs before they get in, or is it just like oh I'm their yeah. son? I mean, because they could make shit up. They could if they know they don't want to be seen, they could say like they're the beloved son, and you wouldn't know the difference. Well, and you know, there are some hospices that are twenty four hours a day, and you go in there for a week or so, and you mm -hmm. die. And then there's a lot of patients that are in their home and they might be there for six to nine to two years, six, yeah. nine months to two years. It could be quite a while there on hospice. Yeah. I want to draw that so shit out. You can't control that, but um, they have strict like requests. These people cannot have, you know, they can't have access to the patient. How often does and, that get and, fucked up? Um, I haven't heard of it being, and you know, because a lot of times those people are in facilities. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't be in there twenty four seven. I just wonder in their home. I just wonder how many times it's like, oh, look out! You know, somebody, you know, Stacy, who's new, she let, uh, you know, Robert in, and that's the son that uh, originally uh, exactly. set fire to dad back in eighty four, yeah. and they haven't talked since. And exactly, um, and that shit, that's not that. I mean, set fire to dad, but it could be something horrible. Certain, something where it's like certain, yeah. horrible. 
yeah. criminal thing you did against your parent here. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just wonder how, you know, it's like where you're the, the person who's dying and you really got to hold the hand of everybody like, no, I said yeah. no to this person. <laughs> and like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, don't talk to me so mean. <laughs> you want to hear mean? Listen to what he did. I had a golden retriever named Muffles. I caught him in the back of the house wearing leather with the dog on fire, having intercourse with a picture of me burning in a pentagram across the room. And you let him. <laughs> oh, that, I didn't realize it was that bad. That dog never walked the same again. <laughs> Something fucking horrible. That kind of grossed me out. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. But that shit happens. Maybe not yeah. that exact scenario <laughs> that you just laid out for everyone. <laughs> We're going to get a letter saying, oh, my God, you won't believe We're this. getting letters. You won't believe this. My grandpa did this. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's uh, going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up through Apple Podcasts. Get three days free right there. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the archive, all of it ad free. We don't have Apple Podcasts. Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Or go to our website at ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, Real Ghost Stories Online family. Harper and myself are inviting you to join us for a live experience coming up on January 26 at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to look inside some of the scariest stories we have ever told. It's going to be a night of heart-stopping stories. Woo! I know I'm not going to sleep. Join us for the stories and discussion. To get tickets for this exclusive live event, go to moment.co slash ghost stories. That's moment.co slash ghost stories. Or find the link in this episode description. And we'll see you on January 26th. Get tickets for the show and upgrade if you want to special meet and greet opportunities and after show discussion. Moment.co slash ghost stories. Get your tickets now for this worldwide digital experience inside the scariest stories with Harper and myself of Real Ghost Stories Online. Don't be late.